dress. I knew I could be anything I wanted to be in life if I were a man, so I refused to wear dresses, drank unsweetened iced tea out of a pickle jar, and answered the phone, yellow, just like my dad. My parents didn't fret over my gender bending, and my mother even cut my hair short, but I think she did that so she had too fewer braids to tie every morning. In those days, you didn't spend a lot of time stressing about the weird stages your kids went through. I'm glad, because if I grew up in this decade, my parents would have changed my name to Benji and started saving for a sex change operation. Personally, I don't think women should get sex changes until all their good lady years are used up. As Chaz Bono taught us, you can go from being a fat old woman to a well-fed young man in the blink of an inverted vagina. Unfortunately, what Chaz Bono failed to realize was that getting an actual medical procedure is excessive. Many women have late-in-life sex changes using only the cruelty of time and their own natural hormonal shortages. One only needs to take a stroll through the Milwaukee airport to see how popular this method is. I was a tomboy who had graduated to Tom Man, though I never really had the party I thought I deserved for such a momentous occasion. 2. Antisocial This one is true. I am antisocial. I realize medically and psychologically, it might be more than just sitting by yourself at a party with a couple of celery sticks and a side of lumpy dip, but I don't feel like researching the real meaning. I think I actually have severe social anxiety. I don't take any drugs for it or have a therapist. No, I get through it the old-fashioned way, overcompensating by being horribly obnoxious. I don't know why it helps, and I'm not even sure that it does, but that's how I self-medicate, by being an asshole, so fuck you. I've heard about rape victims who, after their attack, pack on the pounds for protection so that no one will come near them again. Maybe this is why I act the way I do. I wear my assholishness as a protective covering so that people steer clear and I can avoid small talk. It might sound insensitive, comparing my sweaty palms with rape victims' bodies, but perhaps it would help to keep in mind that at least I'm not out there killing innocent people. People think it's odd to pick a profession where you have to stand up in front of strangers and try to make them laugh when social anxiety is one of your challenges. But that debilitating feeling most people get when they have to do any kind of public speaking is something I'm used to. It's the same feeling I get if I have to order pizza or poop in a public bathroom. No more, no less. Since we've still got a few minutes left in this session, I'd like to take this time to say that I was not around many people other than my family very often. Sure, I'd go to school when forced, but weekends, holidays, and summers, if you can call them that in northern Canada, I spent talking to no one but my family and the animals on the farm. One of the animals, as I look back on it, was a pretty good friend. The tradition in my house was to get a cow as a gift for our 10th birthdays. I don't know, perhaps it was an Ethiopian tradition passed down generation after generation. My sisters never even got off the couch to accept their cows, never put down their little house in the prairie books to check out their bovine offering. Dad, just give me the money, they would say, and he would buy the cow back from them and plop the $60 into their bank accounts. Now, when my 10th birthday rolled around, I dog-eared that Laura Ingalls page, got my ass off the couch, and hit the fields to pick out my baby. My dad was a little surprised, but the truth was they knew not to try to figure out what I was going to do. Do not try to second-guess Bonnie, y'all. I never met expectations. I always came in way under, way over, or way to the side of things. 
As I scanned the cows, lazily munching their cud, I was looking not for the prettiest one, or the one with the least amount of nose snot, or even the one with the best teats. No, I was looking for the fattest one. I was determined to get the most bang for my buck, and bingo, there she was, backlit in the morning sun, her head turned, and she batted those big eyelashes at me, and we made a connection. It was just like the meet-cute in a romantic comedy. She was for me, and I was for her. My angel, my soulmate, my... No, said my father, looking where my outstretched arm was pointing. Why? Because you can't. You said I could pick any one I wanted, and I want that one. You don't want that one. I do. My father kicked a lump of dirt with his steel-toed rubber boot and rolled a cigarette with one hand. He could do that. When I started smoking pot, I always thought about what an asset he would have been at parties.